Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. Mm. We again are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And we have a awesome episode for you today uh, featuring some of uh, Wisconsin's vast circus history and, yeah. and also the... Uh, more specifically devoted to, like, the Ringling Brothers and the Baraboo, Wisconsin area. Um, really rich history. Cool story. Uh, if you get a chance, my wife and I were just at the uh, Al Ringling uh, Brewery, as well as uh, we took a stop by the museum. It wasn't open at the time, but um, absolutely phenomenal. L- cool little town as well. Heck so. yeah. And close enough to the Dell, so while you're there, you know, just take a quick 10-minute drive out. We have a uh, a great Wisconsin band called Large Print. Uh, we're going to be featuring their song, Chew. We have a special brew review today. Very special brew Very review. special, because it also coincides with our main topic, as well as another edition of How Many Locals You At? Yeah. <sighs> I like the harmonic uh, yeah, it was groaning that you were doing there. It was a little grumpy song. And then, of course, we have a special interview today, which also coincides with our brew and also the story. So this is all coming full circle on this episode. Um, hey, again, uh, as we push just about every episode, like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff because it really helps... Uh, not only for uh, uh, the algorithm and all that other junk, but also just so that we uh, know that you guys are out there listening, enjoying. Uh, leave us some uh, some feedback, uh, no matter if it's negative, positive, whatever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and also just reach out to us to let us know if you want to hear any specific bands, uh, if you enjoy a certain beer that you want us to review, uh, if there's a brewery that you think that we should talk to, if you know anybody personally or something like that, or if there's uh, some sort of a topic that you think that we should cover in Wisconsin lore and history. I, we're open to uh, any sort of suggestions, so that would definitely help us out. Uh, honestly, and just telling a friend. Uh, that's word the of best. mouth is, word of is mouth is great my marketing favorite marketing you don't have to pay anything it's just letting somebody know check it out right i mean our, right. our love for this state goes deep i mean we've been here pretty much our whole lives you know we're, we're learning things too like i go to the library often that's how a lot of these episodes come about it's like i have to put a lot of things together to make these episodes yeah and we just really appreciate anyone else giving the word out you know somebody that wants to learn more about our state or just enjoys good music. Maybe somebody yeah. that just enjoys hey, brew. If you don't like, if you don't like the history part, we got great music. We got great interviews. Stay, yeah. stay tuned. We got a lot of other things that don't apply to the history. So. Yeah. So honestly, just let somebody know. Scream it from your rooftop if you want. Uh, be careful Ooh. while you're on your rooftop. Also, uh, especially if it's winter. Uh, also, we have our T Public. If you go to tpublic.com, yeah, check that out. Uh, you can also just Google. Uh, Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, 
and uh, the T Public comes up. A lot of the different sites that you can listen to the show on. Our website also pops up as well, which will be changing. We do have a new. We do. We have the the sole ownership of a new uh, URL and website domain, but also projectcapestudio.com is where you can find us as of now. Patreon also in the works. We're yeah, gonna be we're definitely working some, that out right now. So we're, we're trying to figure this all out. We're, we're filming some cool new uh, uh, bits and segments as we speak. So. Uh, stay tuned to our social media pages. That's where you're going to find out most of the info as well. So without further ado, here is our story on the Ringling Brothers and the circus history of Wisconsin. So Eric, I'm going to be honest with you. This was a hard one to write. I read yeah. about two or three books on this and I, and summing it down into a podcast was not easy, but I think I did as best as I could. So uh, bear with me here, guys. So as stated in the intro, today we are talking about the Ringling Brothers, who were one of the many circuses that arose in the state of Wisconsin. There's, there's many of them. And actually, the, the other one we're going to be talking about today actually did was from Delvin, Wisconsin. And oh, the, yeah, yeah. the Barnum Circus originally started in Delvin, Wisconsin. So. Yeah. And if you drive down uh, the, the brick road downtown of Delvin, you do see some of the, uh, the circus uh, statues. Yes, uh, for sure. Yeah. And they used to actually have a clown museum there that has since closed down. So you can't go and visit that one anymore. They used to have a yeah. circus museum there. Um, but today we are de- we are dealing with the uh, Ringling Circus, so dubbed the greatest show on earth. And uh, yeah, we're mainly focusing today because I had to kind of center my episode on the Ringling Brothers themselves and the Ringling family and how everything got started. So this is more of the early history of Ringling, not yeah. the later history that we're going to see that was, you know, going on uh, recently. So yeah. this is like just the beginning of the whole story because literally there is so much Ringling history out there. And summing this down into a twenty-minute episode. It's a lot of years, a lot of years, a lot of stories. So so it all starts with German immigrant August Rungling and Marie Salome Juliard. August, who worked as saddle makers in a harness, and he met Marie while living in Milwaukee in 1852. They would eventually change the name to Ringling due to it being more American sounding. The German Rungling doesn't sound very American, right? I mean, yeah, and and, and you'll see this a lot too, the the surnames in, in... the United States a lot of times derived from something else. Yeah, and they moved throughout the Midwest and lived briefly in Chicago, Illinois, as well as McGregor, Iowa. While in McGregor, Iowa, the four the four of the seven brothers were born, but eventually decided to move to Bar- Baraboo area permanently in 1884, where in total the couple had eight children, and their older one, Al- Albert L. Augustus, Otto, Alfred Elf, Charles, John, Henry, and Ida. Five of the seven brothers, after seeing circus equipment being unloaded while living in McGregor, Iowa, they decided, hey, let's start a circus. Hey. It looked cool. I mean, when you're a kid and you see elephants coming off a train, lions, that and that's like, awesome. The big top, I mean, that is one of those things that, like, as a kid, that's like the ultimate fort. Yeah, exactly. The big and, top is amazing. And even Elf Ringling states that uh, he and his brothers walked home for breakfast. They talked together for the first time after after having... They talked the first time while eating breakfast out of a circus their own. Yeah. Um, when And he said, when the last wagon had rolled out slowly up to the bank, Al, with a sigh of relaxation, turned to Otto and said, what would, what would you say if we had a show like that? Yeah. Like that was his word to his brother. Like they they knew they were going to be showmen from the beginning. It's kind of like when you and I probably thought, wouldn't that be cool if we could be professional skateboarders? And then a couple of years <laughs> yeah, later, yeah. we're like, what about professional musicians? I still skateboard, but man, I'm telling you, I'm old. At this oh point. yeah, I can't do as crazy stuff as I used to be able to. So definitely not as entertaining as a circus. No. 
So the five brothers involved in the making of what will become the Ringling Circus were Alf, John, Al, Charles, and Otto. And after toying around with this idea and getting things together, the first Ringling performance took place on November 27th of 1882 in, Ma- in Mazamani. It was one not the large performance that we're familiar with, but did feature some of the brothers dancing, instruments, singing, and was more of a like a vaudeville type show. Sure. The show was labeled Ringling Brothers Classic and Comic Concert Company. The profits they made from the show, they actually per- purchased some like sick evening suits and top hats to look more of the part of like a performer. Ooh. I know. So they used that money evening to like suits. invest in themselves. So I hope sequins were involved. Oh, I hope so. Hope there are some fedoras. Yeah. <laughs> your, <laughs> oh, your finest <laughs> headwear. As the show would continue on, they would continue to gain more circus items, including a traveling wagon, a rented horse, and a partnership with a veteran showman known as Yankee Robinson. The first true circus occurred on May 19, 1884. Mm. Unfortunately for the brothers, the showman Robinson would pass on before the end of this first season. But as they say, the show must go on. Two years later, they would continue to get more and more animals for the show, including a donkey and Shetland pony, in which they would made their first trick act. Later, brother Henry would join, and the same year Gus also came in and joined the brothers in their show. Wow. Yeah, the whole family's The whole family's in, now, I know. yeah. All brothers. By 1887, the official show title was named Ringling Brothers United Monster Show, Great Double Circus, Royal European Menagerie, Museum, Caravan, and a Congress of Trained Animals. The That's... The longest title I've ever heard. Yeah, it has everything, though. What are you talking about? <laughs> it has everything you need. I mean, right? how many words in the dictionary do they need? Skanks, banks, and everything you yeah, need. Yeah, hey, <laughs> hi. We got everything you want. The progress of getting more and more circus items was very slow at first, but all the brothers contributed to whatever they could include. Production, picking acts, managing the money, advertising, and publicity. They were all involved in basically doing everything. Right, exactly. They're literally every aspect of the business in one. You know, and to avoid clashing with some of the bigger circuses, their focus was largely on the small audience or the smaller neglected towns, like, you know, really tiny little areas where nobody's getting this sure. stuff. So these, they're, they're getting a name for themselves right away. Yeah. Hey, travel to the big city, you get you get a lot of clients in that one little spot. Right. If you travel all the little small ones, you get a bunch of small audiences and you're still probably collecting the same amount of money. So in 1985, they decided to move the show to New England area, which which has been long the stronghold for the competing Barnum and Bailey Circus, which actually the Barnum Circus started in Delavan, Wisconsin, which we talked about. So they sat down and decided that they would divide the U.S. rather than competing head-to-head. The railings would take the Chicago Midwest region, while the show was the largest of all and was the largest of all the traveling shows. And Barnum and Bailey would stay in uh, the New York, New England region. And they began to buy up all the other circuses, like the smaller ones. So they're making so much money that they ended up starting to like incorporate all the equipment and shows into theirs to make it even bigger and bigger. Right. Right. So and you know eventually, um, they, they uh, so here's what happens. I I got I'm going to try to break this down. So when James Bailey of the Barnum and Bailey passed away in 1906, the brothers decided, hey, we got to purchase this. These guys are the next top dog. Well, right. I think it's. Uh just the most common ideas to uh, eliminate the competition. Right. So they have all the small ones already purchased. They paid, paid them off. So they're all incorporated into their show. But Hey, what if we pass Barnum and Bailey? We are the circus monopoly. I mean, we're the top dogs. So in 1909, they purchased the Barnum and Bailey circus. 
At first, the two shows were separate circuses, but it would eventually merge the two shows. They employed 1,000 people, 335 horses, 26 elephants, 16 camels, and all other assorted animals that traveled in 92 rail cars. Right. That's just so impressive to me. I love that it's rail cars. I love that that's still... The 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 time period. I think the travel is just amazing. It's so cool that like these brothers just decided this was what we're gonna do and this is what it became. Just and they did it. They're top dogs. No, like they own everything. They own Barnum and Bailey. They own everything. Las Vegas area. They got everything you could think of. They're literally enjoying their breakfast cereal one morning and decided this was their future. Isn't that so cool? And you know, twenty years later in 1909, they're still doing it. So the show continued to be a success um, for years, and in 1928-9, they purchased the American Circus Corporation, which was a conglomerate of five or more major shows. So they got, like, now they're moving out west. They literally just absorbed five other shows. (laughs) The family continued to own the rights and everything all the way up until 1967 when they left the circus, leaving it to the Feld family for a whopping $22.8 million, who still kept the name and would continue to successful circus. Due to the ever-changing times, the circus closed on May 21st, 2017. As many as, you know, a lot of things are getting more sensitive today, and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but things are, like, more politically correct than they used to be. I think that... uh, It's just changing times. The rights of of things that can't speak are definitely thought of more. Yeah, exactly. And so the animals and animal cruelty is definitely a hotter topic now, uh, not only with just circus, but also like SeaWorld. Oh, for sure. Um, Dude, what was that one? That the black, black fish. fish. Yeah, that was uh, change your mind on animals. Steve-O uh, from Jackass has also spoken out against uh, SeaWorld and their mistreatment of animals and uh, sea life. So, um, again, it's just a more woke society, if you will, to, to hey, Give give the rights and, and the proper treatment to things that can't necessarily demand it themselves. Right. And I wanted to throw this out there. I just saw this movie on Netflix called My Octopus Teacher. Oh, sure. Oh, my God, man. I was crying. Yeah. And I don't cry. I really don't cry. Crying. But it's like this guy You're like a cry, made, a, baby. made a friend. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off. This guy made a friend with an octopus. And like he literally like it's just such a great show. Like really makes you appreciate nature more and really yeah. understand animals and thinking and thought that goes behind him. But like I said, it's it's more of a cruelty thing and abuse of the animals. And people don't want to go and see this anymore. It's just yeah. not changing times, changing market. You know, luckily the family got out of it before this period because it could have really hurt them. Right. Yeah. And and hey, speaking of of just good wholehearted uh, entertainment, we have a, a ton of it. So oh yeah, no no real need to introduce uh, acts that that could potentially be you know mistreating animals and and even just the life of touring an act of this uh, magnitude uh, with how many different elephants they were saying, how many tigers, how many different right. that's insane. Animals don't don't want to be on rail cars or, you know, anything like that. Exactly. They just want to live in, right. in their own natural habitats. I mean, even zoos now at this point are like, that's a little inhumane. It's, it's, it's starting not a to, real environment for those. It's animals. starting to wean off now where they're getting rid of this stuff though, too, you know? So yeah, to each their own. But I wanted to state that the, uh, the ringling family was actually one of the richest families for a while in Forbes magazine. They were I like, they're it. America's top top makers they were like top dog rich i mean this these guys were awesome and yeah. these are just brothers sitting around eating pancakes and like hey start a circus bro i mean sure selling it 
1967 for $22.8 million. If you think about $22.8 million in today's dollar value, I mean, we're talking probably close to, you know, half a billion dollars or something like that in the, in the 60, 70 years that it's been. But I wanted to conclude this episode. They have left their mark on the world, and even today, Baraboo embraces the Ringling name with the Circus World Museum, the Ringling Theater, and the brewery Ale Ringling Brewing, dubbed the greatest place on earth, which, Eric, you were just there. so And I can confirm. It's great. Which is located downtown Baraboo, who we are actually talking to later in the show. So you're going to get to hear from Ale Ringling Brewing Company, which we are kind of leaving yeah. as a, hey... This is the intro. We're not going to tell you who we're interviewing today. Well, so. we told you right in the interview. Yeah. I mean, this <laughs> right. is going to be... A, it's related to the show. This is so. one of those things. Normally, we, we kind of hold off a little bit, but this is cool because it's all just full circle. And honestly, like I said, there is so much more history that is involved in the Ringling family and the Ringling Circus and circuses in general, and we're going to definitely do more. Like, this is just part one. This is just the Ringling Circus. So many of these acts and so many of these people were from Wisconsin that we have to probably do three or four more episodes to cover everything. Yeah, and you will definitely be uh, surprised to hear uh, all the other stories that exist. So definitely stay tuned for more of the Wisconsin Drunken History, and we have more for you today, so stay tuned. All right, we have another great Wisconsin music segment here. This is a band called Large Print, and uh, we chose the song Chew. Uh, they have a mountain of other music, uh, a plethora of things to listen to or choose, uh, but this song in particular, I was just like, this is, this is catchy. It's I really like good. It. it reminds me of a band, uh, and I hate to say the name on here, but it's called Starfucker. Yeah. They have like, like, uh, Ronald Gregory and, uh, Queen Isabella, just like, just that, that sound. It just reminds me of them a lot. Like you can tell the influence there at least. Yeah. And, and for me it was, uh, uh Death Cab, Ben Gibbard style writing, uh, Postal Service is another yeah, one yeah. of Ben Gibbard's bands. Um, it was just that following of the of the the notes from the music and that exact kind of uh, you're like stapled to it melodically like that's yeah how sure. their 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 vocals go as well so so good though man it's crazy yeah. that these guys are another one from Wisconsin it's just it's sometimes it's hard to believe area, honestly yeah, yeah. Uh, just fantastic music uh, I I encourage everybody to check out their band camp uh, they're probably on Spotify and stuff as well. Uh, just phenomenal music. When we get back to uh, live music venues and shows being wide open, uh, once we're all vaccinated and, and pricked in the arm and whatever, uh, just phenomenal stuff. Uh, again, this is large print, and the song is Chew. <laughs>
All right. That was large print. Holy cow, that was awesome. Two. It was so good. As we said, I mean, as far as influences go, you can kind of hear them all over the place uh, throughout the music. It's uh, phenomenal. Uh, they morphed again, a lot of my favorite bands into just a great sound. That, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I think for both of us, it's... Uh, and, and maybe we're just finding those influences ourselves, uh, mm-hmm. hearing those different uh, aspects of different music that we enjoy, uh, and maybe they're not truly influences at all. I mean, uh, but the, the fact is, I absolutely love everything about what Large Print puts out. Uh, absolutely fantastic music, fantastic musicianship. Uh, I love it. So uh, definitely check them out. Uh, SoundCloud. Um Spotify, their band camp. I'm pretty sure they're probably on YouTube somewhere. Um, and, and again, with the live music stuff, go to their website and follow them on Bandcamp in order to find out exactly where they're going to be. Uh, because this is going to be some fantastic live music stuff. I love it. So check them out. All right. We have another beverage review of the beer kind. Uh, this one is from, uh, as promised, from Al Ringling Brewery uh, right there in Baraboo, Wisconsin. If you get a chance, definitely uh, check that out. If you're in the uh, Wisconsin Dells area, it's like a 10-minute drive from uh, the the major water parks there. So it, no excuses. You got to get out there and check it out. First of all, the brewery itself is awesome, and the, the mansion is great to check out. It's all kind of in that same vicinity. The, the museum's right down the street then, too. So it's, it's ridiculous for you not to check it out if you're in that area. Uh, the beer that we're looking at today is Kinker. Russ, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, Kinker is awesome. It's an American pale ale. It's uh, coming in at 5.5% ABV and 35 IBU. So it's actually not in this, the high bitter range, but you're getting a lot of that upfront maltiness and still that IPA flavor, that pale ale flavor you're getting. Right. Hoppiness coming through. It's a nice medium brown color. Uh, very drinkable. Very good. Eric, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the initial taste here? Well, I, I think, the like you said, the bitterness is, uh, it's there, but it's not super, uh, it, it doesn't attack forward. It's uh, more of a bitterness afterward, um, which is a result of it being uh, like the 53 range. Right, right, right. Um, and overall, uh, for it being, uh, what, five and a half? For, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's low IBUs, but you got the pale ale flavor. Yeah, and that's what I, I think I like about it the most is that it's also not going to crush you, too. Um, we've talked many times about uh, uh, pale ales being something that will potentially dehydrate you and stuff. So this one, again, it's not is, too bad. Um, is not bad. You know, you, is it really weird? So take a sip real quick and think of jalapeno poppers. Just think about jalapeno poppers in your head. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you're getting like a little bit of that, like it, there's a spice the cream to it. cheesiness and the spiciness. Yeah, you're getting a little bit of that jalapeno popper flavor, which is really is, weird to me. Again, for I mean, an APA, it's creamy. Uh, it's very good. Uh, very good beer. Um, it's, it smells great. There's a great aroma to it. It drinks really smooth. It's not super dehydrating. Like I said, it's 5.5%. So you can rock this one outside in the summer months, you know, and still get stuff done. It's yeah. not going to, it's not going to drag you down or it really does. It, it, so flavor wise, um, it, it really is tastier than hell. I mean, uh, what I love is it's, it's so carefully and, and cautiously brewed, uh, that it's, it's amazing. I mean, the, the love and the, the 
hand-holding that you feel in this beer is uh, is amazing, that, which is why we love most of the, the breweries in the Wisconsin area because uh, they have such a passion for, you know, beer and, and all things uh, brewing. So it's, it's just amazing to, uh, I mean, it leaves such a, a good mark on the can. Um, it's it's absolutely it's, fantastic. It's fantastic, and like I love the design. Like it had, they have that like old school look to it. Um, obviously, Al Ringling has like the dope upper lap, upper lip caterpillar, <laughs> upper lap <laughs> caterpillar. You don't want that one. That's the bush that nobody wants. Honestly, Dude. the upper lap caterpillar. <laughs> woo! Nobody wants to look at that sucker. Fucking but Rick but, Flair. Woo! But Al Ringling, dude, he if has you like have an a upper sweet, lap caterpillar. <laughs> upper lap, shave it off. It. All right, <laughs> we, we Nobody, don't want to know about it. Yeah, we don't want to hear about that. Keep one, but it in the groin area. We're talking about the upper lip caterpillar here, and this thing <laughs> is a beef. This is like you know Charles this is better than beef. Have you ever seen Charles Bronson Death Wish? Which one? This one's more lethal than that. One through thirty-five. <laughs> I know, right? This they made a, a million of them, but if, this if, is if if he saw this mustache. Charles Bronson would weep. This is like the beef of like mustaches. He could easily like utilize his mustache as a weapon. Dude, if he could just take it off and use it as a boomerang and kill someone. Yeah. This is uh, like a 007 easily mustache. He's, he's whipped somebody with that thing. But if you guys do if you guys get a chance, please check out Al Ringling Brewing Company in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Pick up the it's kinker. It's dope as hell. I, no, I love the it's fact awesome. that it's the, I mean the location itself. Uh so the, the downtown area there is is amazing in Baraboo. Check it out. Uh, the fact that uh, this is like right inside of the it's in the, the Ringling Mansion. Right? It, yeah, it's the the depths of hell of of what is considered Ringling. It's amazing, and you get a little bit of that history when you first walk through the damn doors, uh, and you see the the staircases that uh, the the family uh, easily kind of uh, traipsed themselves and then the the room where the the beer uh, the tap room kind of opens up to where the the barrel system is uh you can see that it's kind of like a stage thing i've uploaded the photos uh this week so you can definitely go back to our uh, instagram and facebook in order to see those uh those are personal photos as well as we have a couple that are uh, borrowed from the internet but it, it's absolutely amazing and the beer again is just so carefully brewed. Uh, the the, uh, the the people that we've talked to from uh, the brewery here at the tail end of this episode, uh, John, Joe, and Don, they're absolutely amazing individuals. They're great people for sure, and um, they have such care and passion for the state of Wisconsin. Uh, e- even though Don's not necessarily a Wisconsinite himself, he's definitely a transplant, uh, and and hopefully you know relocating here at the. Uh, at the tail end of the the, uh, hopefully yeah, within a couple of years. I mean, it sounded yeah, like he, he was saying he's going to retire and move to Baraboo, which is Baraboo's awesome. Lake, I don't want to say the tail Lake, end man. of his career because he, Fuck. you know, it seems like he's going to be a beer guy for the rest of his life. For crying out loud, which is amazing. And and Russ and I have vowed to uh, provide Don with a, a personalized Packers jersey. <laughs> Uh, so he can don we the green on to gold. a lot of things here, but we're definitely going to hook him up with a Wisconsin care package yeah, when he gets here. So for sure. So again, definitely try all of what Al Ringling has to offer. They also have the Al Ringling family brew, oh, uh, which is the original. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Great. You'll brew. hear this, hear the story here at the end of the episode, but holy smokes, this is a great beer fudge. There's a lot of good beers <laughs> here. There guy. Holy cow. 
check it out. But no, you gotta see it. Air Ringling's awesome. I, we like we said, this this episode was so hard to put together because there's so much history of Ale Ringling, and we're glad that you're tuning in and listening to it. And uh, we really hope you enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, all right, it's time for another version of how many locals you are. Uh, this is where the forces collide here. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on in this one. And uh, Eric, do you mind reading this one? This guy is supercharged. He is. No, I don't mind, by the way. All right. Green Bay, Wisconsin. A Wisconsin man accused of crashing his truck and knocking out power in Green Bay was charged with his 18th <laughs> operating while intoxicated Holy offense. Holy smokes. According to a criminal complaint, oh, this guy really screwed up 74 years old <laughs> 74 years old he's from green bay was arrested uh, uh friday uh, i'm not really sure when this article is written oh, oh back in january yeah it was 2021 so it's new it's, it's frequent it's so. this year yep uh this was uh so it says that his first owi was in 2011 no his first since 2011 okay I also okay 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 so he hasn't been arrested for OWI since 2011. So okay. it's been about 10 years since his last, but he's 74. Okay. This okay. Is his last one is when he's in his 60s. I, I think when you're at that age, do you really care anymore? No, though? you're okay. retired okay. and you're just like, I'm going to get sloshed and who, do whatever I want. Who gives a shit anymore? Yeah. Uh, so this one, though, is his 18th, which is, I think, the highest number we've had. No, Maybe. we've had a 19, but there was or in 19. Minnesota, but it was between the two states. It was between the two states. Yep, yeah. yep. So this is the highest so, in Wisconsin specifically. So so this individual was booked into the Brown County Jail. Uh, bail was set at $30,000. Uh, the uh, the court date uh, was, I guess, January 29th. So this has been a minute. We might be able to actually find updates on this. Yeah, we'd have to check this one out. So, so but there there may have been more appearances needed because with with these types of cases, you can kind of drag them on for a while, depending on what's going on. But the criminal complaint noted that the individual was charged with OWI one time in 1988, four times in '93, oh, no. three times in '94, two times in '96. One each in 1997 <laughs> and 98, and then two times Shit. in 2000, and then one time each in 03, 05, and 2011. So that's adding us up to our. Uh, this is all getting us 18, to 18 so. here. Okay, okay. His license was suspended after his last OWI in 11, but. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about what happened on this one? Because I'm, I'm curious, because there's a lot going on here, honestly. So, yeah. I mean, so written by the actual uh, police chief, uh, Andrew Smith, he wrote, I'm I'm frankly shocked that someone with 15 prior OWI arrests is still driving. <laughs> I'm more shocked that somebody Christ. that drunk is still driving. Right. I mean, it's just so weird how lenient we are, honestly. It's yeah. pretty nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of states that are uh, three and done or something like that, or one and done. I'm not even sure. Uh, so drunk driving is an avoidable tragedy, one that kills too many innocent lives every single year. We are committed to eliminating drunk driving in Green Bay through education and vigorous enforcement. And uh, we need everyone to work together to solve this problem is exactly what the police see chief 
Andrew Smith had said. Can you complete- tell me what, what, what else happened here? Because like yeah. this guy did some damage, I guess, yeah, on so- top of his... 18th. Right. So the complaint states that the uh, police were responding to a report of a transformer blowing up. What? Yeah. And uh, they learned about a vehicle hitting a power line or a power pole shortly after 1230 a.m. 1230 a.m. Nothing really good happens after that. Power lines were on uh, the uh, individual's truck. They were sparking, so they were still live. Uh, so when officers uh, uh, were on scene, uh, they were able to get the individual out of the truck before anything really happened too much. Uh, of course, how many beers do you think this individual alleged to having? Two. It's always two. Just a couple brews. Had hey, a couple beers. Had a couple brews with the guys. Had two hey. beers. Two, two, right. two pitchers. How many other people do you think uh, <laughs> uh, alleged to having... Uh, two beers who have done even worse than this at twelve thirty a.m. No less, like two, yeah, two beers at twelve thirty a.m. Right, sure, we believe you. Yeah, two beers Wink. at twelve thirty a.m. Maybe. So, uh, uh, officers were unable to uh, conduct a field sobriety report because the individual had a prosthetic leg, uh, which is normal. I mean, there's individuals... <laughs> which is normal. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying it's normal because <laughs> oh, some individuals can't oh, do... Oh, man. Yeah, no, I agree. Some individuals no, can't do a field sobriety test, so it's right. not like the end-all, be-all. That's not how they determine if you're For drunk. For sure. He had to take a um, blood, like a blood draw, you think? Blo- that, well, okay, so okay. first is uh, always a breath test. Preliminary breath tests, which aren't admissible by court, uh, it, but that's just for them at the scene to determine whether or not this person's uh, drunk or not. Okay. Okay. Uh, so preliminary breath tests again are not admissible by court. Blood draw will always be the next guess, or, or, or not next guess, but next artifact that they can they take. They can actually use. Okay. Um, which he did. He was taken to the area hospital for a blood draw. Uh, he allegedly became agitated, and his pri- uh, his prosthetic leg <sighs> became detached. I'm not sure what the hell happened there. No, no, no. It's fine. I think laughing (laughs) at this point is pretty (laughs) normal. His leg became detached. So let's let's hear the rest of this. Yeah. So he he uh, refused a blood draw, which is normal, but also uh, can be considered. uh, That's an that's an automatic loss of your driving privileges and all that other stuff too. So. Sort of uh, refusing is just the, not the way to go here. I, uh, I agree with that. So. But anyway, because uh, then all they have to do is get a warrant, and then they can do it. And they can do anything they want then right. with the warrant. So, so can you tell the, us what happened after yeah, that? So, so the, the crash caused power outages for uh, more than 3,200 homes. Uh, the, the, uh, he cited with uh, operating without minimum insurance, uh, which Oof. is... Also, just not a good, not a good thing to have. Insurance I mean, sucks. I'm going to be honest, but like, hey, you but need it's it. mandatory. Yeah, in you the need state it. Wisconsin it's says it is. It's better than getting so a ticket. So get hey. it. You know. Yeah. So the <laughs> the the Green Bay uh, uh, area, uh, especially uh, the police chief Smith there said, please be the designated driver. Use a taxi or a ride share. Or call for a safe ride through the Brown County Tavern League. Like we've said um, in multiple episodes. Right. Just go to the Tavern League. They have free rides. Like, right. Just do it. He goes on to state, we need to work together to make sure drunk driving stops in the Green Bay area. Of course. And this has been an ongoing issue 
in Wisconsin. It's a, it has always. It's a, it's a pandemic in itself. Not a pandemic. It's an epidemic in itself. Yeah, pandemic. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I hate that word anymore. It's gone. That's baby. true, too. So what do you think? I mean, the guy's 74 years old. I mean, this, this guy is 18. straight up fucked. Yeah. Russ. 18. How often have you gotten drunk? A lot. Yeah. But I stay home. Right. And I just and you don't pass crash up behind the shed, lines. right? <laughs> yeah. You don't I take had... down fucking power poles. Dude. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. When I drunk that was drive, a growly burp you had. I, there. I never really drunk drive, but literally when I like drink at home, we and all I have. have this many beers. I pass out behind a shed or a freaking barn. It doesn't hurt anyone. I'm just sitting there. I laid. passed out behind your shed or barn. You have to, yes, you have. And on your, you know, floor. You've hung out with some chickens and some cows, yeah. and you just fucking you don't care. You just get drunk. My thing is, this guy is in his seventies. That's what I'm and thinking. He has like a lot of tolerance. Driving though. all over the place. This and might be smashing really into high shit. He's though, lost dude. a leg. Seventy-four. Yeah. Eighteen. This guy might be up there. I'm going high, and I'm not. Gonna, I don't like to go high. No, I, I don't either. But this guy's going high. Here's my thing. He easily, easily, far exceeds what we've seen before. So are at least what I'm thinking. So can do you wanna go on three, two, one and like let us know what we're thinking here? I are want ready? to. I want to. Um We'll meet in I'm the middle. I'm not sure that we'll I'm meet in the I'm, middle. I'm not sure that I'm there. I, right, I, I am I there. A number. I I'm a there. Number. Okay, you ready? Three, three two, two, one, twenty four. Okay, so we gotta Holy go in the middle. We're up there. That's He's, a split. No, he is well, up there. Yeah, it's pretty good. So we're twenty four and thirty. So what? What are you thinking on the middle, like a middle ground? So you want to go like twenty five, twenty six? What are you thinking? Yeah. So, oh man, um, it, it's your call because like this guy is wow. up there, and he has tolerance, so he can handle some four locos. If this guy drank four loco, he could handle them. He'd be okay with the watermelon, with whatever flavor you could well, come right. up with. And there's, he'd be some, okay. there's some real black label, gold label, all this stuff that they've done recently. I'm I'm willing to go to a 26. Let's go 26, because I think it's kind of in the middle. Cans. It's I think it's in the middle there, and I think 26 local for this guy. And I can't believe 18. He is second in the most DUIs that I've seen, because we've had a 19. Yeah. This guy's right under. The fact that he was able to smash up a, a, a pole like this 3,200 homes without 3, power 3,200 homes, no power And then he claims I had two beers Wasn't And two, then he buddy. goes Was not two And then he goes I refuse blood draw And then not only does he refuse, refuse blood draw He gets to the hospital And his fucking prosthetic leg goes flying off Because he's trying to wail off <laughs> This is oh, wild out, man Alright, so we got it I'm saying 26. You 26, cool 26? 26, hit it. Hit the gavel. All right, today we're here with John, Joe, and Don from the L Ringling Brewers, uh, the brewing company. How are you guys doing? Very good, thank you. Good, well, great. thanks. So we just want to learn a little bit of history about the uh, Al Ringling Brewing Company and how you guys got to start. So we uh, we have the Al Ringling Mansion. It's uh, Don and myself and my wife Carmen. We bought the mansion in uh, 2013, Caribou, and we've been uh, uh, restoring the mansion and doing tours and so on. And then uh, while we were doing restoration on the mansion, up in one of the closets upstairs, we uh, 
pulled up a floor to do some floor repairs elsewhere, and the subfloor looked kind of weird. It had a patch in it, so I opened it, and there was a wooden box down in there that uh, had some ringling uh, artifacts in it. It was kind of like a time capsule. That's and awesome. And one of the coolest things that was in there was a recipe to what we believe is the uh, recipe to the Ringling's House beer, the beer that the Ringling Brothers actually uh, drank. Oh, that's so. insane. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And uh, because of that piece of paper, we decided to uh, go into the beer business, basically. So oh. we wanted to share this beer with the world. So. Which and which beer is that that you that that uh, you currently or do or do you currently produce that one? We do. Yeah, yep, we try have it on tap all the time. And uh, John, why don't you tell them a little bit about that? You know more about the flavor and so on. Sure. Yeah, that's the one we decided to call the Ringling Family Original, and we have that one on all the time. We consider that our flagship beer. You know, that beer is the story right there. So it's. I've been in the beer industry a long time, and uh, in all my time in the beer industry, I've never seen another beer like it. It is truly an original, one-of-a-kind recipe. That, uh, so the, the Ringlings, they had something special there, for sure. That's awesome. And, and what I guess that's truly unique is that you, you ripped up some floor, and you found a, <laughs> a honey hole of a beer recipe, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, it's really the only floor that we, we ripped up in the place, honestly, in the mansion. And, you know, for it to be there, we were pretty lucky. So that It's is. almost as if we were guided by, uh, you know, by Alan Liu sort of saying, you know, check that out. Yeah. And you almost have that feeling yeah, exactly. of, of uh, guidance from uh, from Alan Liu Ringling. Definitely some a, divine feeling, right? For yes. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so I was going to ask you too. So you guys are actually in the uh, Ringling Mansion of Al Ringling himself, who stayed in Baraboo area, who we actually talked about today. Um, can you give us a little history of the mansion itself? Sure. the uh, The mansion, the Ringlings uh, had the construction started on it in 1905, finished in 1906, and uh, it took about 18 months to construct. And the Ringlings spent about a hundred thousand dollars on the mansion when uh, your average house back then cost about $2,000. So when the mansion was built, it was the largest house in, in, Sauk, in Sauk County. And uh, to this day, it still is, but because of the additions that were put on during the time when it was an Elks Lodge. Cool. Wow. Yeah. I know. I wish I could have met Al. He's, he's just like a true Wisconsin like myself. Just like he loved the area. It's just it's cool that he actually like made Baraboo a staple. And, and we, we love the beer. We love the whole area. It's so cool what you guys are doing. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Al Ringling, I'll tell you, he really loved Baraboo, him and his wife, Lou. And, you know, one of the first things they did is when they moved into their house in December 1906, they opened up the doors to the entire town. That's amazing. You don't see that it kind is. of uh, yeah. uh, openness today. That's right. Correct. Thank you so much for the history, guys. And uh, we just want to ask one more question before we get into the How Wisconsin Are You segment. Um, is there a beer you recommend we try, like ASAP, that we need to go, or anything new coming out? Well, um, you definitely have to try the Ringling Family Original if you haven't yet. Yeah. You know, where else will you have the chance to drink the man's beer in the man's house? Um, and we were releasing new beers every week. We just released a new IPA called Barabubian, which is brewed with 100% locally grown hops. So what better way than to taste the, the flavor of the Baraboo area? That's that. so awesome. And I love the name, too. It's just such yeah. a cool name, I the like Barabooian. Um, 
Yeah, but no, that's so great. And uh, if you guys are willing, so we have about eight to 10 questions. We always ask our guests um, to find out how Wisconsin are you, if you guys are willing to participate. Uh, sure. All right. Sounds good. Absolutely. All right. I mean, Don, was there anything else you wanted to add about the... Yeah, well, yeah I mean, no, feel right free. Yeah. Uh, uh, basically, it, it's uh, part of what we have is the beer and all the different... Uh, uh, new varieties of beer, and one thing we focus on are some of the uh, the char- characteristics of the beer, and we try to equate a name that is related to circus and circus history. So me- all our beers are named basically from um, aspects of the circus industry. So one thing we do is uh, try to keep the history of circus, since Baraboo is very circus history uh, uh, orientated, and we try to keep circus history alive through beer. So that's kind of uh, uh, one of the things uh, that we try to do as we come up with new different beers and uh, keep the the mansion alive through tours and such. Yeah, just keep it all relevant, which is awesome, which is what I think we we sort of gravitated uh, to the most. I mean, the first time I had really been to Baraboo was for, because uh, most of the time it just gets bypassed to go to the Dells, you know, but uh, my one of my really good friends had a wedding right downtown Baraboo. In fact, in the church that's like kitty corner from, uh, from the mansion itself uh, uh, and, the, and the museum is right down the block too, which is amazing, uh, the big red church there. And uh, I just absolutely loved it. Uh, it, it made me think I've got to go there. Plus, uh, uh, around the corner with John McGivern had a great Baraboo episode and uh, just reminded me, this town is full of such rich history. We have to we have to do something with this. So, yeah, absolutely amazing. I, I thank you guys for, for doing all of that. I appreciate it. Yeah, Baraboo is definitely a great alternative to the Dells. You know, it provides a little bit of a more adult experience to those seeking that when they're coming to the Dells. Absolutely. I agree. All right, so I got about eight to ten questions, and I want to hear from all three of you to see if you've done these Wisconsin things. Uh, We do a segment called How Wisconsin Are You? And the first question I got, uh, where do you guys consider to be up north Wisconsin? Who do you want to go first? Anyone, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Anyone who's got an answer, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you've traveled Uh, extensively, so uh, you might have a favorite uh, up north. uh, Yeah, well, you know. For me, I guess up north always been Hayward area. You know, Hayward, but once yeah. you once you get north of Stevens Point, that's up north to me. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I was thinking like up, you know, once you get up towards Lake Superior and so on, you can't go much further north. That's anyway, a true so. north. That's north. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. smokes! <laughs> that's north. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, uh, uh, most of my visits like up north have just been uh since i'm based in new york is when i come to visit the mansion in Baraboo. yeah and this and just do some day trips which uh joe and i have done and uh and for me uh i don't really know that much about up north but for me uh being a, a cornell university uh, graduate from new york uh there's cornell wisconsin which is uh part of where cornell uh received its uh land grant um trees so for me cornell wisconsin which is just 161 miles roughly north of baraboo is up north for myself and i'll tell you what now that you bring up cornell 
I'm a I'm a deadhead. Uh, uh, I think everybody knows that. But the Cornell University uh, Grateful Dead show is probably one of the most iconic that there is. <laughs> yes, they said that's right. They said uh, uh, I'm class of '77, and the uh, that, I think that was the year, right? Of, that was the year. The that concert, was it. Was '77 uh, Cornell? Grateful uh, Dead concert was in Barton Hall, holds thousands of people. Yes. So the students the, and the concert was in May. And you can imagine what's going on as far as drugs, whatever, within yes. the, uh, <laughs> the concert. They walk into the concert in May. They enjoy the concert, and they said it was the best one they've ever recorded. That's why it's so popular. And when the students walked out of the concert, like at 10, 30, 11 at night, it snowed. There was two or three exactly. inches of snow on the ground. Yes. So people were like, wait a minute, how much did I smoke? You know? Yes. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and, there's, and there's no there's no video of it. It's all just audio recording, so that's all we really have to see. Yeah, that's it's what amazing. I hear. Uh, yes, and um, yeah, so it, for the Grateful Dead people, it's uh, the Deadheads, it's, it's awesome. It's uh, the best so show. Basically, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, for me. That's basically Cornell, Wisconsin, is is my uh, okay. I love awesome. at this point. I love the story too. Yeah, I so love that answer. I was going to ask all three of you um, for beer brats, Wisconsin beer brats. Do you have a Al Ringling's beer we should try out? You want to know which beer to cook them in? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, or to pair with just as tasting too. Well, yeah. My personal opinion is that uh, you know. Craft beer is meant to be enjoyed alongside a bratwurst. You should save the the cheaper stuff like a like a PBR or a High Life or you know a good American adjunct lager for the boiling, provides a, a great rich flavor and you're you're not wasting something that you would prefer to drink. Yeah, exactly. Yes. As we were talking about that too, it's hard to waste a craft. I'd, beer. I'd rather I'd rather touch one of those big box beers in my fridge that's been there for a while than waste something great in there. Exactly. So um, as far as which beer of ours you would want to drink with a bratwurst, uh, that would be the Ringling Family Original. Because yeah. if, you're, cool. if you're grilling brats, you're sitting outside on a nice sunny day, and the Ringling Family Original is the perfect porch pounder. It's You can drink it all day long. It's light and refreshing and easy drinking and goes down great with awesome. a yeah. delicious bratwurst. Very cool. I love I'm it. On, I'm on the same page with John. So. Yeah. All right, awesome. All right, so we got we got in a couple more questions for you. Um, supper clubs, I know from New York. You, do you guys have supper clubs in New York? There's a handful. A handful? Uh, yeah. Not, not, yeah, not out pretty much. I'm at the east end of Long Island, and okay. we really don't have any out this way. Gotcha. So as for Wisconsin, yeah. do you get, do you guys have a favorite supper club to go and check out? You have one. What's the one uh, you took us to? Uh... John one time in Portage that was a good one um man there are so remember. many to be honest uh and, and I don't remember where did we go it was on your uh well it was on your wedding day so I hope you remember if it's wedding if it's wedding you may not trouble or anything but yeah, just a little hit just a little hit Similarly, <laughs> supper club between Portage there and the Dells okay, okay awesome that's a good one yeah yeah Real awesome. good old fashioned. See, that's the thing. It's the old fashioned, but it's the environment too. It's got to be kind of dark, and uh, and you got to have that that maybe that little salad bar with the relish bar too. Oh, 
absolutely. You got that fake wood walls and the terrible taxidermy on the walls. You got to have it. You got terrible taxidermy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next question I got, um, other than Al Ringlings, um, do you guys have a brewery tour to go and check out? And it doesn't have to be in Wisconsin too. If you guys have a top dog one outside of Wisconsin, that's could, fine yeah, with us. Anything New York or anything. You got a good one out by you, Dan? Uh, out by me, uh, I would uh, have to say, honestly, I haven't been to it, but the uh, Brooklyn Brewery. Brooklyn Brewery. Okay. building, and uh, uh, at one point, Brooklyn was considered the world. Everybody knew of Brooklyn, and uh, I would say for a tour, it would be the Brooklyn Brewery because they're, they're so well-known. It's in a historic building, and it's uh, got some size to it. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I know Brooklyn. In Wisconsin, I'm sure a lot of folks would agree with me. Uh, the best brewery tour I've ever been on, period, uh, Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee. That Knew one's it. like the <laughs> top dog. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to beat uh, Russ Klish. He's, uh, he's got it on lock. Uh, the, the, literally, the tour is, I think, his game. That's, that's what he loves. Yep. I think you're right. You know, a funny story about Brooklyn, and I was just going to bring this up uh, before we continue to hunt. So I was in Brooklyn. I have to go there often for work. Boston and Brooklyn are the two places I'm pretty much at often. But uh, I went to, it was like an Irish pub in Brooklyn, and uh, I asked for a old-fashioned. And the guy, the guy who was the bartender, <laughs> knew everything he needed to know about Old Fashioned, and I was so surprised. I could not believe no it. No way. In, in Brooklyn, Wisconsin. See, that surprises me. In, Bro- in Brooklyn, New York. I could not believe it. He's just like, yeah, Brooklyn. what do you want? Do you want do you want? Did he like, even make it with brandy? Yeah. No, my, he muddled in everything. He asked me all the details that I was waiting for. I could not believe it. There's places in Wisconsin that don't even muddle. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah, I could not believe that one. It was It was just phenomenal. That's a shock. Have you ever had a uh, an old fashioned Don? Uh, yes, actually, uh, the, I I'm always uh, been a beer drinker. But at John's wedding, uh, he uh, he ordered an old fashioned. He says, "Don, cool. you want one?" It was like never had one, but sure. And it was like, Can "We get another," you know. Yes. Awesome. So, yeah. You can't have you can't have one. It's potato chips. You can't have one. You're turning into so Wisconsinite real quick. So, <laughs> so I, I'm actually um, uh, I don't actually get to the uh, brewery and the mansion too often, being in New York, and of course with COVID, it's been oh, really difficult. Yeah. But, but one of the things aside uh, from the uh, Ringling original beer is uh, to deviate and have an old fashioned uh, at the um, you know at the bar. I just, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm honestly craving for one. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I. I yeah. feel for you. Now, Don, are I'll you tell also? You guys, we make we make the best old fashions in town using Driftless Glen brandy or bourbon oh, made right God. here in Baraboo. I so. like that. I'm stopping now, in right now. Now I'm stopping in. <laughs> I'm driving. <laughs> Don, are you also? Are you a Packer fan? For me, uh, not so much. But <laughs> once I moved to Baraboo, which has been my plan uh, since about 1992, to uh, retire to Baraboo. Uh, it used to be to to work at Circus World, volunteer, have a, a small house in town. Now uh, I don't have to volunteer at Circus World; I can just visit. Yeah. And uh, but now, of course, uh, my goal is to be uh, a Barabubian and uh, ultimately be uh, have a home in Baraboo, uh, be part of the, uh, the the mansion, the uh, the bed and breakfast, our inn, and the brewery. And yeah. Yes. Then then I will. Uh, 
pit pit Packer games as well as watching him, uh, uh, you know, over the weekends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully we still have a decent quarterback by then. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, when you get here, let us, <laughs> let us know when you arrive down, we're going to ship you a, uh, a Rogers Jersey. Yeah. We'll get you a personalized <laughs> so. Jersey or something. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Oh, perfect. Part, part of the initiation. Process it is perfect. Cheese curds okay. and a Packer Jersey. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for your time today. It was awesome. And uh, thank you for telling us the history of the Al Ringling Brewing Company. We loved it. Yeah, you're very welcome. We're honored. All right. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, have a great Sunday, you guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. You too. All right. Cheers. cheers. All right, Bye. bye. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.